Now, where were we? We were bally well toasting the future. Yes, and I suppose it might also be a perfect time to look to the past. How on earth can one look at the past? You can't see something that's already happened. Unless you're on the lavatory. <laughs> Good point, Mish. Yes, or, or unless one's got a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> How likely is that? <laughs> well, very likely, actually, darling. Because I've just built one. Stuff and stonsense. I've heard some rubbish in my time. Every time I open my mouth, as a matter of fact. But a time machine? It's <laughs> just cobblers. I can assure you it is not. This is an original sketchbook by Leonardo da Vinci. And in the last year, I myself have built a time machine to his exact specifications. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest breakthrough in travel since Mr. Rodney Tricycle thought to himself, I'm bored with walking. I think I'll invent a machine with three wheels and a bell and name it after myself. Behold, the time machine. Due to recent results, this week's edition of the Owls Americas Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent will be preempted by a rerun from the same week in 1991. And Sheffield Wednesday are going to bring on Nigel Jemson in place of Nigel Worthington. So a positive move by uh, Trevor Francis to bring on a striker, Nigel Jemson. Jemson for me, if you look at him compared to the rest of the strikers we normally start. Guys like David Hurst, Paul Williams, Trevor Francis to a certain extent. He looks the part. He's canny. He's athletic. He just hasn't scored goals. Here is one of them, Roland Nielsen, who whacks it back in. Must be a chance here. Jensen! 2-2! His decision-making is not good enough. He hasn't been a poacher. Off Williams, I think it was. And Jensen just nicks it over the top of Schmeichel. And he's got some glory for himself. He's very hot and cold. I thought he was terrible in the Luton game. Nigel Jensen has got his first league goal since joining Wednesday from Nottingham Forest. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like he's a first division kind of guy. Can Wednesday get anything from this? Yes, they can. It's 3-2. And he has done it. And Nigel Jensen, it's turning into a real birthday for him. BBC Radio Sheffield. on the American Owls Hour, syndicated by BBC Sheffield, coming to you every Sunday night. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I have to say, I got a, I got a little treat this week. I'm not drinking Miller Genuine Draft for a change. Uh, my local packy, package store, as we say in New England, not Old England, has a, has a new local brew from Boston. I never heard of it, so I picked up a six-pack. Uh, it's Sam Adams Boston Lager. Revolutionary beer. Seemed appropriate for a revolutionary result at Hillsborough. Uh, that's pretty good. I don't know, like, uh, James Allen's also online tonight. Gives me a lot of crap about America not having a having a proper pint of lager. But this is quite good, James. Oh, good evening, Jeff. Um, I, I'm not sure what you mean by a pint of lager. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm significantly underage here in the UK to be able to imbibe in, uh, in Carling Black Label. Uh, tonight I'm drinking a, a glass of Ribena in my, in my mum's newly extended kitchen. Also on the line in Ohio... One Evan Skilter, who I think might be drinking uh, fetal fluids, Evan? 
Yep, absolutely. Still have about uh, five more months left here in my mom's womb, and uh, I'll see you guys in real life March 24th of next year. But before we get Evan in the real world, we have Evan on the radio, and he will help us talk about Wednesday's First Division campaign as it continues with a bang, a Wembley rematch. Minus Big Ron, we get a great goal from David Hurst, shambolic Wednesday defending. Finally, much to my embarrassment, a couple of goals from Nigel Jemson, and we will preview the upcoming Spurs game. I don't think there's much to worry about, gentlemen, because it's Spurs. But we will start with a match against Man U and James. What a sight, 38,000 in Hillsborough. Oh, what, what, what an absolutely incredible day, Jeff. Um, if only if only you Americans could have seen it in real time. I um, I know that, you know, occasionally you uh, you read about it in the papers the day after, but um, I, I can only try and describe to you the picture of an absolutely heaving Hillsborough. Um, you know, the, the, the ground was full way before kickoff. Obviously, you know, Wednesday night's thriving on, on what's been a pretty solid start to the season. And... Um, and really eager to uh, to re-engage with Man United after uh, after beating them at Wembley in the in the Rumblers Cup. I mean, um, you know, we've we've learned to adapt to uh, to having Tricky Trev at the helm, um, and uh, and and his name was being sung out long before kickoff. But you know, thirty eight thousand packed into Hillsborough, you know, four sides of the ground, um, absolutely heaving with uh, with fans, and and a, a misty sort of you know autumnal October day, um, three p.m. Saturday kickoff. I mean. It, you, you can't you can't get better than that you know how, how great to be back in the first division and uh, and playing you know Manchester United at home uh, on a Saturday at Hillsborough it was uh, it was an absolutely electric atmosphere before we even got going and um, you know a cu- couple of minor changes to the team but but all the familiar names there for us to uh, to root for and it was a high pressing start from Wednesday getting right up in Manchester United's face, and we're not just talking about Nigel Worthington's shorts, Evan. Yeah, those are fantastic shorts. Um, I just, uh, I'm glad we subbed him out, obviously, but I had a good time uh, looking at those for how long was he in there? Maybe 50 minutes, 60 minutes? I don't think you can, I mean, even a minute of Nigel Worthington's shorts would be enough to to, uh, to excite even the uh, the most mild-mannered of, uh, of Sheffield Wednesday fans. Um, I mean, you know, we, we've all um, we've all enjoyed the kind of the recent trend towards more baggy trousers and uh, and shell suits. Um, Alan Smith, our physio, was uh, was wearing a particularly natty uh, new uh, Umbro shell suit. I thought it was uh, particularly exciting this season. But but Nigel's really kind of rocking that late eighties um, short in a, in a way that just you know only he can really carry off with his uh, hairy Northern Irish legs. You got to get. Uh... Get into the grunge over there, like we have here in the uh, in the U.S. It's all baggy and flannel all the time. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm that's not really translating, Jeff. Uh, I'm afraid grunge isn't really something I'm familiar with. I'm uh, I'm still still thinking about you know just how uh, how unbelievable it is to be a Wednesday. Is simply red still topping the charts over there? A famous Manchester United fan, Mick Hucknall, is uh, is certainly uh, knocking about. But there's uh, there's rumours of uh, of an American uh, interest in sort of uh, you know re- really kind of delving into British history actually this year with uh, with apparently a film that will focus focus on the legend of Robin of Loxley, 
famous uh, famous outlaw of these parts. So um, we're we're looking forward to seeing how uh, you know how cultures uh, balance in that regard. But but let's get back to the point now. Nigel Worthington was uh, was sensational in those those opening twenty minutes. I mean, linking up you know, just so fluidly as he always does with Phil King on the left. Um, yeah, it's 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 almost like a cosmic understanding between those two. Um, you know, interchanging, obviously dropping one, dropping in one, dropping uh, dropping into the wing back position, and and just a flurry of attacks down the Wednesday left, linking in with Hursty. Um, and you know, as soon as the game got go got going, we were taking the game to Manchester United, and the um, the early shot on goal that that Hurst took after a beautiful little. Um, turn in the in the middle of the park was was really exciting and it, it kind of set the tone for for what was a a cut and thrust game to come yeah i'm very excited to see what hearst does in a in a full season in the in the first division again now that he has a few years under his belt we saw what he did in the promotion season last year and then we saw what he could do against one of the one of the title favorites james with an amazing header to open the account i i, I mean i i have to try and uh keep myself under control here Jeff but you know where I was sat with my dad on the north stand um, we were just a little bit to the left of halfway so uh, you know kind of look, looking down behind Nigel Worthington as he put the ball whipped the ball in from the left wing you know early ball uh, picked the ball up um, and, and just you know he, he saw that darting run uh, from Hurst into the area and, and it just was a bullet header and it, from where I was sat it felt like he, he connected with that from outside the area and buried the ball into the top corner with his uh, with his head past Peter Schmeichel um, just an absolutely beautiful fluid goal and, and the sort of you know instinctive run and first time ball that, that we've kind of come to know from Hurston from this Wednesday side but just you know uproar in Hillsborough as that ball went in and, and the way he wheeled away in celebration was fantastic one of the best goals I've seen in my short time watching Wednesday at Hillsborough over the last couple of years. But their lead would be short-lived, Evan, as an absolutely shambolic pass from Paul Warhorse at the back to let Man U in. I mean, you just hate to see a veteran defender make a mistake like that. Very out of character for this Wednesday team. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. And, you know, benefit of the doubt to him. Uh, he probably didn't see McClare coming in there, but... Uh, that's something I'm sure we'll never see at, at Hillsborough ever again. Yeah, I mean, the the idea of... Uh, it's a bit harsh to call him a veteran as well, Jeff. I mean, you know, Paul Warhurst obviously signed from uh, from Oldham in the summer. He's, um, you know, he's, he's a... Uh, a reasonably young central defender, really, with with a lot of prospects, and you know, pe- people occasionally talk about him as a, as a real all rounder, someone who might even be able to play up front. But I mean, I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I'm quite certain we'll never see Paul Warhurst playing in a, in a striking position for Sheffield Wednesday. But um, you know, to give the ball away in his own half under no pressure to the onrushing Brian McClare, I mean, that is just a, a fundamental mistake which um, you, you, you can't obviously tolerate at this level. And Wednesday, going to have to learn fast because uh, Manchester United punished us very quickly. And it got worse from there, James. Probably uh, the worst goal I've ever seen conceded in my Sheffield Wednesday fandom to make it 2 1. I just, I worry, like, this is the kind of thing that's just going to show up on recap shows for God knows into the late 2010s probably I think what we need to be grateful for is the fact that nobody in this stadium was able to actually record what went on because it, it, it was one of the most cataclysmic goals that you could ever see conceded I mean um, you know no sooner had, uh, had Wednesday obviously ceded the advantage and, and McLaren scored the equaliser as, uh, as United came back at us and I mean, it was just a litany of mistakes. You know, Sheffield Wednesday defending like only Sheffield Wednesday can. You know, failing to clear the lines on the edge of the box, a scramble, 
Roland Nielsen, I mean, you know, Roly is uh, is obviously you know one of the heroes of this side and, and pretty much never puts a foot wrong. But for whatever reason, you know, in trying to clear the ball, managed to strike his own post. Um, again, hopefully something we'll never see again at Hillsborough. Uh, certainly not in the next couple of years, I hope. Um, and um, you know, from that, two Wednesday defenders on the line just need to kick the ball out into touch. Somehow they managed to collide with each other. Um, the form form. Uh, mentioned Paul Warhurst manages to do some kind of you know acrobatic air kick, which is of spectacular nature, except for the fact that he doesn't connect with the fucking ball. Um, and, uh, and Brian McClare scores the easiest goal that he will, I think, ever score. Um, and Wednesday down two one, and it's two goals in two minutes. Real sucker punch. And at that point, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of Wednesday fans sitting in the stadium with me, thinking that um, this is probably Man United exacting their revenge. And, and for the remainder of the first half, they they really put Wednesday under a lot of pressure. And, and they, they've got this new young kid on the left wing who uh, who was running uh, running Roland Nielsen, you know, almost ragged uh, in the uh, in the rest of the first half. And it, it was um, it's quite impressive to see, really, in many respects. But what a silly goal to give away for the second. Yeah, that, that gig's over there on the left. He looks great. He's a guy I could see sticking around United for, for a long, long time and having a, a nice, successful career there. I mean, he was just, he was all over the place. And then we go turn to the second half, and Wednesday, I do make the aforementioned substitution of Nigel Jemson. Go three up top. You know, serious designs on, on making a game out of this. you got to like the aggressive substitution when you're behind, actually having, like, an attacking threat on the bench. And Jemson opens his Sheffield Wednesday account, not once, but twice. Yeah, real, real poachers' goals as well, Jeff. I mean, you know, that's why we signed him from Nottingham Forest. Obviously, you know, we um, we've we've seen what he did for Brian Clough, and we, um, you know, I think we've all been waiting to see him open his Wednesday account, and, and what a way to do it. Um, you know, we we kept Hurst on the pitch uh, right to the end of the game uh, with Paul Williams playing off him, you know, in that poaching role. But it was actually Nigel Jemson who uh, who did the. Did the business and, and got us over the line. I mean, the the, f- the first goal was just instinctive. You know, um, United were appealing for offside, offside, but he he just picks up the rebound and and you know straight away sliding the ball into the bottom corner. Be- beautiful little dink finish, and um, you know from there w- w- the game was on and um, and it, it was kind of all Wednesday. And I think that was what was so great about that second half. You know, where you've got the full roar of Hillsborough behind you. We're, we're attacking the Leppings Lane end, which felt a little bit unusual, but, you know, obviously the Man United fans are, are there out in numbers as well. And, and all of a sudden, that United pressure that had ended the first half, Wednesday have totally taken the game, turned a bit around. Trevor Francis made a great substitution. Um, you know, Carlton Palmer and John Sheridan are making things tick in midfield. We get the equaliser. We push on again. Um, Schmeichel makes a great save, by the way, from uh, from Jemson again uh, in the run-up to the, to the, to the winner. And then it's it's just the easiest of headers from uh, from a corner uh, to win the game, and uh, just the the noise as uh, as as Wednesday took the lead and uh, and obviously saw the game out was just just amazing. Um, just you know, the good times keep on rolling back at Hillsbury. You know, the last couple of years have been truly uh, inspirational to be part of, and I, mean, I think we can only be excited for what the future holds now for this football club. You know, we we are up there with the best best of the best. You know, so Matt Busby was there in the stadium and. Um, you know, this is this is Wednesday beating the European champions of yore, right? I mean, you know, who's to say what's to come? Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue too much with the start so far. I think we, as we moaned about on the show, would like that uh, two-one loss at Wimbledon from a few weeks back, back and off the account. But fourteen games in the book, third of the season, twenty-four 
points. That's a nice pace. I mean, my one concern, and I've, I've said this the last few weeks, is this team struggles to keep clean sheets. And Evan, at what point does some of it fall on their big summer transfer signing, Chris Woods? Because Big Kev Pressman's right there. Yeah, I mean, goalkeeper controversies are not something we see very often at, at Sheffield Wednesday, and so it's kind of new territory for us, um, something I hope we don't see in the future. You know, we have fans that are very split in half and, and really just kind of um, dividing the, the fan base, and it's not good for the team. Uh, it's not good for really anything going on. So um, as, as far as Pressman's concerned, I'd love to see him at some point. I think he'll be a, a, a great goalkeeper, but you know, we, we have to trust the manager and you know, we, we've had a good start. We're on pace for, like you said, 72 points. Maybe we can keep that up. Um, that probably really realistic, not. though? I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 definitely tough, especially, like you said, we can't keep clean sheets. There are a lot of good teams in this league, a lot of good goal scorers, including one we're going to see very soon in, in Tottenham. So maybe, maybe we will have to make a change soon, but I, I hope the fans kind of – kind of cool it and and relax a little bit and, and don't act like this at any point in the future. I mean, they can't all be Ma- Martin Hodge, can they? Right, right, right. So, James, what do you think? Is Wednesday just a plucky start in the first division, maybe catching some teams off guard, or is this, is this something they can keep on going forward? I know you've been reading, like, Letters to the editor over in Sheffield to be and they're hilarious, talking about Europe and whatnot, and that's probably a pipe dream, but, you know, Settling in, you know, mid-table, maybe top 10, that seems realistic, doesn't it? I think the thing you've got to remember, Jeff, is, you know, this this is a Sheffield Wednesday fan base, which, you know, has has been, with the minor exception of the League Cup, which was obviously, you know, the, the cherry on the cake in many respects of just getting our rightful place back in the top division um, uh, during the course of last season. This is a Wednesday fan base that's been starved of success for some time. You know, we've come close in the FA Cup semi-finals of, uh, of the 80s, but... You know, it it we're we're a proud club that was right up there with the with the Manchester Uniteds with the Tottenham Hotspurs uh, in in the nineteen sixties and you know we're 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 overdue to be at the sharp end of this division and 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 I think the feeling in Sheffield at the moment is you know we're beginning to assert ourselves we're finding our feet in the league you know we shouldn't necessarily get our uh, our, our hopes and expectations too high but you know quite rightfully this should be a should be a top ten side when you look at players like David Hurst who's just setting this division you know alight straight from the start. Um, you know, probably going to attract the attention of one or two big clubs in uh, in, in the coming months, I think, and, and Wednesday are going to have to defend that interest. Um, we've got everything to play for. I think Europe Europe's a pipe dream. I mean, you know, the idea of big European nights back at Hillsborough uh, anytime soon, you know, um, I, I don't think we should get too uh, uh, overexcited over about that. But um, but certainly it's a club on the up and we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. We have a repeat engagement in Hillsborough next weekend, Tottenham Hotspur. Come to town. Evan, your thoughts on this upcoming fixture? Uh, Tottenham are great. They're, they're a good squad this year. They've got a great scorer in Gary Lineker, and he's fast, man. He's, he's, uh, he's faster than Ricky Henderson, I think. Could steal more bases than Henderson stole this year. Um, could see him finishing first in the league in goals. And uh, I know Ian Wright, he, he's scoring plenty after that move uh, to Arsenal recently, so I'm um, sure he'll pick up the pace, but Lineker just picked up his 13th against West Ham, and don't forget he netted four goals a few weeks back at Wimbledon. So, um, And besides that, they've got a great manager. I quite like Peter Shreves, and really wouldn't mind seeing him in our club someday. James, what do you think they do? They've been rotating 
center backs. What do you do to deal with Lineker's speed and scoring ability? I think obviously it would be uh, it would be advantageous if we could get Nigel Pearson back. Obviously we missed him this weekend, but but I thought Viv Anderson and Paul Warhurst, you know, obviously Warhurst's minor uh, aberrations aside, did, did an admirable job. But I think I think the sooner we can get Nigel Pearson back in, uh, the better. He just you know those thighs of his provide a um, a real calming presence to the back, and I think um, hopefully might deal with uh, with Lineker. And you know. I, I, I appreciate obviously the scoring prowess of um, uh, you know of England's favourite uh, striker, but old Juggy as as, uh, as he started to be known is is maybe losing a shade of pace. There's been rumours of him, um, you know, maybe not seeing uh, seeing out his career in England. Um, some unsubstantiated gossip about him playing in uh, in you know in foreign foreign markets. You know, the uh, the up and coming football culture in Japan apparently is a place that's uh, that's attracting him. But you know, let, let's put those to one side for a second. I think Wednesday just have to keep their game and uh, and really you know go at uh, Tottenham. Um, there's no reason why you know David Hurst can't overcome Gary Mabbott in the way that uh, I'm sure they think that uh, that Gary Lineker and uh, and Paul Allen might uh, might pull one over our back four. So uh, so hopefully we can uh, we can take the game to them and uh, and get another great result next weekend. Yeah, you really want to see this momentum continue at Hillsborough and see a big crowd out there again, maybe another thirty thousand, and uh, go on from there. And it's, it's you know it's is. After some, you know, uneven results the last three or four shows, it's nice to talk about a, a win over a, a European giant. But for now, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we have some dispatches from American soccer, and as we usually do, some big Baltimore Blast news. we've learned on our great journey. Good question, Baldrick. I suppose I've learned that I must buy you a much stronger mouthwash for Christmas this year. How about you? Oh, I don't know. I suppose I've learned that human beings have always been the same. Some nice, some nasty, some clever, some stupid. There's always a blackadder and there's always a Baldrick. Yes, very profound, Baldrick. Welcome back to Reality on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. Just to be clear, we're still not talking about the Birmingham City game. If you want, just listen to last week's show. It was the same, same exact game. And now, instead, we'll move on with some Wednesday news. A little couple of youth team results to discuss. The under-18s continue their winning way with a Six-goal drubbing of Barnsley. You love to see that. But a bit of a hash in the under-23s game against Burnley with a 4-2 loss. And from reports from both uh, Wednesday Youth and Dom Housen, not a great performance from Joe Wildsmith, James. 
Well, I mean, I guess any goalkeeper that concedes four goals, not a great performance by the goalkeeper and defence, uh, defensive unit. But I mean, it, this is becoming an unfortunate pattern, isn't it? I mean, it's um, if it's the first team and three goals conceded against Birmingham, the game that we won't speak of, or if it's um, you know four goals conceded by the under twenty threes. This this seems to be happening more often than not. Um, and you know, th- there's a big debate in the Wednesday fan base, isn't there, about, you know, is part of our undoing Cameron Dawson's inexperience? Are we are we, are we we failing to keep clean sheets because of the goalkeeper that's been selected? Well, at least evidence in the under-23s would suggest that if we brought in the other uh, junior goalkeeper in our ranks, who, who obviously we saw a, a fair bit, a bit of last season, we wouldn't necessarily see a different result. Um, and, I, you know, I didn't watch the under-23 game. I, I can't speak necessarily about Joe Wildsmith's performance, but um, the the reports weren't particularly encouraging. And it, it's difficult for a player like him. He's, you know, he's been held out of the side for a long time. He's only playing, you know, erratically in the under-23s. So, um, that's no no disregard to his talent. It's just a simple statement to the fact that there seems to be a malcontent in the back lines of Hillsborough, whether it be uh, in the first team or the under twenty threes right now. And uh, and Borokov ain't firing up top either, Jeff. So uh, so we our, our saviour is not yet uh, identified in terms of the next round of strikers to come back and uh, and revitalise our uh, our scoring opportunities. He has been scoring for his uh, national youth side, though. The last international break, I think he bagged one. Uh, great, great for Bulgaria, um, <laughs> but uh, but not not so good for Sheffield Wednesday. And since it is the end of the month, the voting for October Player of the Month is open. It's not exactly an exciting set of results or a exciting set of candidates. But Evan, who are you voting for? Well, I'd be interested to see how many people actually vote this month because I, I know I have no enthusiasm or desire to to go to the website and actually submit a vote. Um, and I, I can't imagine I'm the only one that feels that way. But, I mean, I guess you have to probably pick Reach. Um, you could throw in Michael Hector, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's 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 been a tough month. And... Uh, Obviously, we're all hoping November goes a little bit better. I think we need to talk. I mean, it's been a real reality check month, hasn't it? I mean, um, I guess the reason why Reach would would probably be, you know, in the mix is because of those two goals. You know, the goal right at the beginning of October back against, um, was it against Leeds that just fell into October? Or was it the second? It was the goal against West Brom, wasn't it, that that just kind of fell over the line? Um, And then obviously the fine finish against Middlesbrough as well. But, But actually, in the games that have followed, he's been... Dare I say it, reasonably anonymous. You know, he's not been hugely impactful. Um, and, the, and the whole month of October has been sort of, you know, Wednesday fans coming off the the high pre the international break of, hey, we're in the playoffs above expectations to the uh, uncomfortable reality of the fact that we've got a very, very leaky defence and, and we aren't creating a lot of chances up top and therefore we're we're back in, in the lower mid-table range. And, um, and that's kind of where we're frankly we're, we're going to have to accept that we will be unless we make fundamental changes to the way we're playing football so all of that optimism that existed four weeks ago when Matt Penny won the award and, and we were uh, hailing his his ascent into the first team is um, 
is it ebbing away quickly? And 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 this is the challenge facing Wednesday. They've got they've, there's got to be a there's got to be a reaction. There's got to be a change in the way that um, the players are behaving and, and change in the way in which the squad and the team is performing um, if they're going to get the fans back on side. I will just uh, sum it up with. Morgan Fox is a legitimate candidate for this award, and that's all you need to know about the month of October. So on to November, and before we chat about the Norwich game, the first fixture of November, we'll go to the MLS playoffs, Evan. Yeah, and say what you want about MLS. The, well, Paul's the not on the show, the, so you can say whatever you want. Yeah, just... The way the league's structured, a little bit questionable, closed league, etc. But when when playoffs roll around, it actually is pretty exciting, especially if you have a dog in the fight. Columbus Crew play on the first, which is Thursday. The first games are actually on Wednesday, the the thirty first. Um, but the the way the playoffs are set up uh, is pretty cool. You have two play in games basically. So the teams that finish third through six, they um, that they are the they play each other for a play in and then it's just one game it's a knockout game the higher seed hosts so Columbus Crew travels to DC Philadelphia Union at New York City FC and then over in the West Portland plays at FC Dallas and then Real Salt Lake play at LAFC and so they, they play each other once and then they feed into um, the the top two seeds or the top two finishers and so that that is actually a two leg. Uh, series and then the winner of each Eastern Conference semifinal play in the final, obviously two legs, and then the single MLS Cup game, which is actually December eighth. So the playoffs take a total of uh, a month and, and change. So it's, it's cool. It's 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 fun and and exciting. And so uh, looking forward to that. Big news out of Columbus is that crew will probably end up staying in Columbus after all the drama. That stemmed that started last year, actually, right before the playoffs, that they were going to move. It sounds like the Cleveland Browns owner, as well as a couple other members of an ownership group, are going to purchase Columbus and, and leave crew right where they are. So pretty exciting times in MLS. Less exciting times in Wednesday land as we match up with a in-form Norwich this weekend, James. Yeah, uh, Daniel Fox got them playing, hasn't he? Um, it's interesting. I mean, you know, they they've had a couple of uh, pretty abject seasons in many respects since they came down from uh, from the Premier League, and uh, and obviously, you know, they they changed to Fark uh, about twelve months ago. Seem to be reaping the benefits now. You know, the team unit seems uh, much more solid. They seem to have a balanced style of play. They've had some, you know, a series of good results. Uh, they beat Aston Villa um, a week and a half ago. Obviously, won again at the weekend. They're they're up in the top three. You know, probably far far better place than than teams above them, frankly, um, in in the division. Um, so they're coming to uh, come coming in with a high and. In recent games uh, against Norwich, you know, by and large, Wednesday have had the upper hand. I think we 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 probably got to accept that those tables are turned a little bit for this game. Um, you know, I think I think we can all assume that John Rhodes doesn't start for Norwich, which, uh, on the basis of a recent rediscovery of his scoring form, is is probably a good thing. Um, but they've got a lot of uh, you know a lot of threat in the side, um, and. I, I kind of bring it down to something really simple, which is they are playing as a team, and, and Wednesday are not right now. Um, and, and this is a very fragile Wednesday unit, which I think we can all agree. You know, when it has a bit of confidence flowing through it, when it has some dynamicism uh, up top, can compensate. Um, 
it doesn't have confidence doesn't have confidence right now and uh, and we're missing pretty much all of those players who can add flair and pace uh, up top whether it be Marco Matthias or whether it be Forestieri um so yeah i'm 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 a little daunted by the uh, by the prospect of this game you know a norwich team that is pushing on and and sees itself as a potential promotion contender could um could went to do a fair bit of damage and then uh, and then set the tone for a, for another important game to come in a week's time. So we, we just simply have to see a reaction. You know, this, this is a firm test of Jos Lukai's ability to to get get a response out of this team and to correct for these continual decem- uh, defensive lapses. Um, I, I think fans are looking for something quite radical and quite different to what we've seen over the last three four weeks. I mean, how many times do you talk about a reaction? to the previous game when you keep getting drubbed, I guess. Like at a certain well, point, those is, words are a little hollow. The thing is, it's, it's, it's not getting drubbed. I mean, if you look at the balance of play yeah. over the Birmingham game, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we, we weren't drubbed by Birmingham. We were the architects of our own downfall because in you know if we'd converted the chances that we created, if we'd been precise, if we'd been clinical in our finishing, that game would have been out of sight. If we'd held possession in areas where we had control of the game, Birmingham wouldn't have got a look in. You know, it's it's the fact that we seem to have these constant lapses of concentration, lack of organisation. We've got lack of leaders on the field who can't do the basics in terms of holding that defensive line together that that keep on costing us. So, you know, yes, you're right. I mean, it shouldn't just be a reaction to the last game. It's not necessarily a case of us being drubbed in 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 the total sense of of the previous match but we need to see something from this side that shows that they can actually act like a team that they can pull together they can do the basics right and that Wednesday can grind out results and and frankly getting a draw this weekend would be a good start if we had talked about the Birmingham game in more detail which to be clear again we're not we might have discussed Joss's job and if it's in jeopardy Evan do you think Another bad result at Norwich could start to uh, up the calls for new management? Well, every loss seems to up the call for new management, but uh, I think it'd be silly at this point to let go of of him considering how many other issues we have in the club. I don't think bringing in someone new at this point is, is going to fix a lot of the issues we have. So, yeah, of course a loss is going to have the, the loudest fans calling for his head um but not not from me i I don't want to see him leave yet and i guess yeah what are what are really the other options at this point we're not really in need of a firefighter like it's unclear what exactly needs to change because this isn't markedly different from the team that was in sixth place three weeks ago james well, I, n- even, not if that, even if that was a false position, yeah. which it seems clear I, now that I, I, it probably you, was. So, so you can tell where I'm going to go, Jeff, which is to say that, yeah, we were in sixth place, but let's be honest, we're not the sixth best team in this division. Um, and I think, to be fair, we've been reasonably consistent in that message all season long. You know, we've got to be patient. We, this is a season of transition. This is a season where we've got to get the team right. What you know, what it will come down to in terms of the judgment on the the job that he is doing is frankly the things that we can't see. We don't know what he is dealing with behind the scenes. We don't know why it is that we can't play a whole litany of our senior pros who are fit because apparently their attitude isn't right or they don't contribute effectively to the team unit. Um, we don't know why it is that you know so many of our 
old players, to use the, the term that's been used in press conferences this week, keep on getting as injured as they do. We don't know why the harmony of the team is so far off. You know, If he is doing things which are fundamentally going to change the club for the better in six, 12 months' time, then you know, we, we've got to be patient with that. Um, we have to trust those who can see all those details, who can judge the progress that's being made in the dressing room, the progress that's being made in terms of the, the you know, the, the overall organisation of the football uh, operation and, and determine whether that's moving in a direction that's going to be beneficial for Wednesday. It, it will be helpful if we all lower our expectations, but the base expectations for a Wednesday fan, and we, you know, we, we've had a lot of fun today, kind of in the costume of Sheffield Wednesday of 1991, right? But, we are a fan base that assumes that our team will will play proactive football, that we will um, pull together, that we will have players who, you know, if we make a mistake like Paul Woerst did in 1991, we're going to score three at the other end because we're going to play with, uh, with a certain amount of style and substance. You're going to have players making darting runs into the box. This isn't a side that's exhibiting those behaviours right now. And, and the, the true test of Yossi Lukai for me is, you know, can he create that? Can he create some catalyst for real energy and purpose in the Sheffield Wednesday team and give us fans a reason to hope? Um, I don't think we're necessarily looking for miracles, but we expect respectability. And if you do want to watch Wednesday's attempts to return to respectability, the only current meetup we have booked at the moment is football factory at 11 a.m britain is off summertime is that what it's called summertime uh i think summertime is finished actually Jeff. right this is, we don't uh, have daylight is... savings time ending in the u.s until this weekend so it's like one of those weird yeah, 11 a.m got... local time starts on the east coast but check the website for any potential last minute meetups we'll probably tweet it out from the owls america's account as well so this has been, I guess, both episode 44 and episode 0 of the Hell of AmeriCast. Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites Heaven17. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. And speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our dazed and mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. James is on Twitter, at Manhattan Owl. James, what's your fondest memory of 1991? <laughs> um, gosh, Jeff. Is it I mean, literally it, just it, that Manchester United game? <laughs> well, you know, here's the funny thing, right? Yes, it is. Like, I mean, I, I, I wasn't at the Rumblows Cup final. I was, um, I was too early in my Wednesday fandom. Um, you know, we didn't make that kind of bold commitment that we made in 1993 and go to Wembley four times. So I, I watched that in my mum and dad's front room, kind of, you know, I was just getting into Wednesday. By that October, you know, it's only three, four months further down the line. And my dad and I were kind of trying to go every week. And and everything we talked about earlier on is real. I sat in the North Stand on that misty day and I literally looked down the line of the ball flighting from Worthington onto Hurstie's head. And, you know, that's that's what it, it means to be a Wednesday out, right? You know, those days, those moments, those games, those players are, are why we hold this 
this team and this club to such high account and yeah that was an amazing memory of uh, of 1991 i mean obviously you know i'm excited by uh, by the fringe haircuts and the uh, the baggy trousers and the uh, you know the the, the music that uh, that we uh, tried to forget from brian adams but you know that that was what that year was about. It was, you know, it was about falling in love with this football team and obsessing about the results of this football team, which I, I just bloody wish could fulfil the the commitment that so many thousands of Wednesday nights put into them year in, year out, myself included. Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, what's your favourite memory of 1991? Uh, it had to have been going to the movie theatre with mom and dad to see Boys in the Hood. <laughs> Did you have a choice in that matter? <laughs> Is that rated R? No, no, I, I actually really just listened to most of it. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter, at Jeff Paternostro. I don't... 1991 for me. I would have been in third. I should have actually planned this out since I knew what questions I was going to ask. Um, I'm guessing I probably got my first flannel shirt in 1991. It's a, it's a style trend I, on occasion, still continue to this day. But we will be back in 2018 with another show next week let's joy fill every Briton's heart for now our country's going to make it at last a king who looks the part at last a queen who looks good naked black Stop.